Hi, and thanks for joining the Ross Republic podcast. My name is Adrian. I'm a partner at uh, Ross Republic. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the future of embedded finance. Uh, really exciting topic. So I'm grateful to have uh, two exciting guests uh, with me today. Um, the first one is Christian from Candice. How are you doing, Christian? Thanks. Really, really good. Although looking at the weather Great. today in Berlin, it's not so <laughs> nice, but I'm doing good. Yeah. Can imagine. Um, can you maybe introduce yourself, um, like personally, in a few words, and also what Candice is offering currently? Yeah, I'm Christian and co-founder and CEO of Candice. We founded the company um, in 2015, so seven years ago. What is Candice doing? So, right now, SMEs, and I'm talking about companies that have at least 25 people. Current financial processes are a pain, right? So they involve a lot of manual work. You have to manually collect invoices, sort them into buckets, send them to approval via email, prepare payment list, and so on and so on. So it's a lot of manual work. And we call it the triangle of disaster. So companies use Excel, email, segment list, and so on and so on. So it's a lot of manual work that is really that is really like old school. And we take the friction out of those financial processes. So Candice is a software that automatically collects invoices and related documents, groups them, captures invoice data very accurately with machine learning, um, creates workflows like approval workflows, payment workflows, books the invoices, and we have a deep integration with accounting systems. And so all in all, it speeds up approval times, payment times, you don't miss payment states, you have a better overview of your financials, and that is why companies SMEs right now by us. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm really uh, excited actually to hear your opinion on, on this topic that we wanna, we'll discuss today. Um, so our second guest is uh, David from Swan. Um, how are you doing, David? And could you also maybe quickly introduce yourself as well as Swan in a few words? Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm sitting in the same boat as Christian. So the world is, is going down in Berlin right now, if I look outside the window. Um, no, I'm, I'm heading the, the DAF region for Swan since March of this year. And um, what is Swan doing? Um, our vision is that we want to enable each kind of company to integrate and to offer banking services themselves without being a bank or a licensed entity um, themselves. If And if I talk about banking services, I mean, in essence, accounts, cards, and also IBANs to, um, uh, to offer any kind of, of use case that is attached to this. We are already um, operating in, in all, yeah, mo mostly Europe, um, so, so eight markets we are active in. We have over 50 partners um, who are either already live or, or currently integrating with us. And um, the why companies are, are working with us is, of course, they want to improve the, the, the customer journey and, and the pain that, uh, that Christian also just, just described, the triangle of disaster. This is also what we see with a lot of our, our uh, partners with whom we are working. And of course, it gives an opportunity also to increase revenue per customer. And last but not least, I think what's very different um, in, in the way we are offering this is we take over the, all of the banking operations and all of the compliance processes that usually you would need to set up yourself if you want to offer um, banking services to your own customers. Amazing. Yeah, thanks a lot for that uh, introduction. Um, so I think that's clear what, what each of you is doing. And also, I think uh, it provides a nice uh, viewpoint because, you know, Swan is a potential supplier of uh, embedded finance uh, um, tools uh, and infrastructure, as well as um, Christian with Candice as a SaaS, really successful SaaS uh, scale-up from Germany. Um, it will be very interesting to see um, this, the, your viewpoints. Um, so we will talk a little bit about the uh, the markets in general regarding embedded finance, uh, and then also talk a little bit on on how you know Swan is uh, is offering such solutions and how Candice um, 
is launching a feature soon that uh, fits into this topic. Um, but uh, as a quick uh, warm-up question, I would like to uh, hear from you guys um, if you have used any fintech products recently that um, that stood out to you, either in a good way or in a bad way. Um, will also be, I think it would be also interesting if you didn't use anything. But, um, Um, maybe I can start, and, and, and if, if I may, I would name two. Um, so, so one that I'm really using on a personal level every day is uh, Trade Republic. Uh, to be frank, I, I started investing into stocks and ETFs two years ago only because Trade Republic came to the market, right? So, I, and I think they are a very nice example also how um, embedded finance enabled such a player, such a young startup, to really accelerate and and, and offer a nice service. Uh, with without being a licensed entity them, themselves, so this this is a very positive example. And the and the second one maybe is is more an, a bit out of the box. It was example from our own ecosystem, so it's not live yet. But I have the chance to already look at it. We are working with a pet insurance company uh, lately, um, and what they are doing. I'm a dog owner myself, and in the past, when I go to the veterinary with with my dog, I have to pay. For, for the invoice and, and then later on I go to my insurance company and try to get the money and weeks later I receive it. What they are doing um, and, and, and we help them with it, they issue cards which they give to each of their members and they can use it at the veterinary. They just pay, not out of their own pocket, but the pocket of the insurance and they just take a picture of, of the invoice and send it. So like an expense management case. Um, and I think this is also a very nice use case um, how, how yeah, embedded finance can really ease a, a customer pain in a very out of the box use case. Yeah, super interesting. Um, and you mentioned uh, Trade Republic uh, as an example of like embedded finance or like banking as service because they built on a Solaris Bank, right? Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think the the, the 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 cash accounts came from. Yeah. That. Yeah. Interesting. That that actually is also my only example that comes to mind uh, because I uh, I've been using them a lot like when they launched and then I just lost a lot of money so now I'm just investing in ETFs really um, <laughs> well not a lot but just like play money but still um, so yeah um, super interesting and what, what about you Christian yeah I'm I'm using our credit cards now that they just launched ago uh, several several weeks ago on a on a regular basis last time um, they, they also come with some perks and last time because I'm just coming from vacation, I had launch access, uh, free launch access at the airport of Palma de Mallorca. Um, so, so that is one thing. But also, um, I think I'm, I'm using Revolut on a mostly daily basis now because it's also fast, simple, way simpler than my than my legacy bank that I that I also have. I'm especially for transactions, sending money to um, to companies or. All right, sounds good. Um, so. Uh, let's maybe just start very broadly because I think embedded finance um, got a huge coverage uh, in the press in the last years. Um, everyone that was is blogging in fintech um, wrote a lot of uh, interesting things about it. Um, what I think definitely is uh, for me is just like almost like an evolution of um, yeah of like digitalization and banking um, because also like I think the large banks they have realized that more and more customers are actually not going into the branch or calling them or just orient. Orient, orientating themselves um, in traditional banking channels when they buy products, um, they just um, yeah look look at different places. Um, so yeah, and I think therefore many many providers just think about where they can actually place these products where it makes most sense for the customer, um, which which is kind of embedded finance I think in a nutshell that you place um, bank, as David mentioned like bank accounts, loans, um, cards. Um, we see it also now actually coming up with um, um, stock trading. Um, 
in, in, in third-party software, basically, where it makes sense for the customer to actually get direct access to that product, plus in combination maybe with data and features that are already in place um, in, a, in a smart way. I think that's also super important um, so that the customer gets, gets uh, in the end, a better customer experience and the company that integrates such features um, usually also probably, I think, has a, a better customer retention um, because they can provide a you know, more complete customer journey. Um, and I think investors are looking into the space as well quite a lot. Um, the VC funding for embedded finance actually tripled from two years ago to last year. Um, so even though I think the environment changed now quite a lot, but still um, I think a lot of investors have just been placing huge bets into this whole um, embedded finance market. Um, and maybe two more words from my side. I think there's also um, a tech trend because cloud plus APIs, uh, you know, this whole shift uh, or, or like infrastructure um, that was established over the last 20 years um, makes it possible for more platforms to interact with each other and integrate features more easily. Um, and at the same time, regulation and banking is totally going into this direction that you open up data and you make it easier for companies to share uh, uh, customer data in a compliant way. Um, so yeah, maybe I would give the word to, to David because I would be really interested to hear from your side how you what you think um, are like the large drivers now behind this embedded finance um, trend and and or if it's a trend or if it's something that's here to stay. I think that would be uh, interesting to hear from your side. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, what what we are definitely seeing more and more is. And you already you already mentioned it a bit is that um, the banking services are actually offered at the point of need. I think this is definitely shifting um, because in the past um, you would usually go to to your traditional bank and and, and use their services and in parallel different other services. But but today thanks thanks to embedded finance you are actually able as a company to embed and the, the the banking services in your own product where the customer needs it and when when he or she needs it and i think this is a big trend that will continue and and, and even grow in, in the future and linked to this what we also see and what i see in, in many customer interactions is kind of a verticalization of, of offerings and verticalization of, of financial um offerings and in various industries right i think we had a kind of a first wave of, of embedded finance which was very tailored to fintech needs, how can a next new bank um, be, be set up um, and, and, and very these, these hardcore fintech uh, startups as, as to say so. But what we see today is that um, the, the, the boundaries are, are shifting a bit, that, that um, you can offer financial services or embedded finance in a logistics context, in a mobility context, in an e-commerce context. So um, I think this, this, these are the major trends that we're seeing and why also embedded finance becomes more and more apparent all, all around, right? Not just if you open your bank account app on, on your phone, but if you open your uh, of the pet insurance company or if you open your invoice management tool, um, you, you see embedded finance everywhere, or yeah, more and more all around. Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree with that. And I also think, um, like, especially for, at least in my, in my view, um, I've done a lot of research on like business banking, um, where, where we see really great examples from like Shopify integrating loans directly on for Shopify sellers, Amazon doing the same, um, but also payment platforms like Stripe um, um, integrating uh, these type of offerings. So that, that feels like almost like, yeah, as I said, like a natural evolution that once you sit on top of relevant client data um, and you see that they might have a need for financing and plus in the best case there's also a combination that they're underserved by existing uh, let's say traditional banks um, which is also yeah. usually a really big point of frustration 
um, then, then I think, yeah. And this yeah. is exactly what the, the right direction. And um, because these are the, the company or many companies that we're talking to, they are, they have a very, very specific target customer group, right? Let's take um, in, in logistics yeah. carriers. This is a pen and paper industry and, um, and selling them or, or letting them use any kind of digital finance product is, is hard itself. But they, for example, always had a hard time opening a bank account, issuing a card or even get a, a loan, right? Because um, yeah. working capital is always an issue with, with these kind of companies. But if you are, if you know your customer group that well and have a lot of data and can assess, for example, also credit risk way better than any traditional bank with a more generalistic approach, and their embedded finance can also play, play a huge role. Yeah. Yeah, fully agree. Um, so I think there um, also um, like the venture capital firm A16C from the US uh, famously also kicked off this whole discussion around SaaS companies integrating uh, financial features and the many benefits related attached to it, um, like customer retention and um, uh, better lifetime value and so on. Um, so Christian, how, how did you perceive this whole topic? Um, did you, for example, I would be curious if this is something maybe your pro own product managers have brought into the company as a potential new um, new way to extend your product offering or is this coming from the investor side or did you just get um, a lot of, uh, um, you know, requests from these new type of banking as a service providers? Um, I would be curious to see like, or to hear from, from you how, how the whole topic unfolded on, on your side. Yeah, yeah, the thing is um, how it, it, it was made like from us, right? Um, so we we made yeah. the decision um, because it was the next next logical step. So we started out as a, as a pure accounts payable invoice management solution. This is our core yeah. product, um, and this has also been very successful over the last year. So now we're processing roughly three billion euros of invoice volume a month, um, and mm -hmm. that is not only a huge amount of invoices, but also a huge amount of hours of manual work, right? So safe for finance yeah. teams. And because finance teams spend like those hours in manual processes, as I mentioned in the very beginning, um, standardizing invoices, matching to contracts and so on and so on. And now we thought, okay, by integrating the financial stack, we can automate more of these processes, right? Um, that involve like okay. payments and save customers even more time while uh, getting them better insights and making them more efficient. So our old product offering would have been, or is now way better than before than with just the SaaS solution. And that yeah. was made, the decision was made from our, from me, our product team, and also then investors. So yeah. as you mentioned, um, um, A16Z wrote about that. Yeah, investors, yeah. they saw that. I, I, I remember one post that I made on LinkedIn where I posted, hey, we are processing uh, the, the billions of invoice volume. And then suddenly we, I had several emails from investors in yeah. my email inbox and said, okay, hey, have you considered um, um, adding financial products to your services because you can cut out several basis points out of that. And then also um, embedded finance providers approached me. So yeah, it mm. was it was really strong in the last year. Yeah, I think what's really interesting as well is that um, in this case, um, the product that you have is so much stronger in, in case, like in the sense that your customers use it, obviously, since you solve such a big pain point for them um, on a, almost probably on a daily basis, right? So your finance teams that run on Candice, they are super dependent on it. So the interaction that you have and, and also the trust in the tool is is 100x better than when they log into their um, traditional bank's online banking interface, you know, uh, which is probably also a point of frustration. Um, and, and I think this is also um, really important as a factor that um, that 
in the best case, if you're already helping them to um, manage all their AP processes in, from a bookkeeping side, um, at the end, every invoice has to be paid. So as a next step, if you integrate that, it's, it's just so much better than um, doing batch payments through an online banking interface or something like that. So I think this is just something yeah, quite interesting. So I'm pretty sure that also um, yeah, your customers probably gave you quite good feedback about this since, uh, uh, yeah, if you've identified these pain points already. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I think um, what might be interesting as well to cover is um, just a little bit of a story in terms of um, how Swan is interacting with software as a service companies. And I think in your portfolio, you also have, I think, accounting um, or like, I, I, you know, um, companies that do are operating in the field of, let's say, accounting services, like I think Agicap or let's say business intelligence in a more broad way. Um, so in general, um, David, how, how do you uh, perceive this um, demand from SaaS companies when it comes to embedded finance in the same way, maybe as Christian just ex explained it, I think more and more uh, companies in the space are realizing that they have such a strong position in the value chain that they could really become this uh, center of gravity also for the financial uh, um, needs that the customers have. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fully agreeing because I think in the, the example of Gers Christian is, is so obvious that it makes a lot of sense uh, for, for Candice as they are doing to, to integrate uh, financial services into their own product to have even a broader offering for, for, for the customers. And, um, and what, I, what I'm seeing or what, what we are seeing when, with, the, with the SaaS companies that we are working or working in the field of invoice account management, uh, expense management, um, it's really nice to see that um, if they, if they are able to to only make their customers use their platform and not any any banking interface anymore, right? This is one of the strongest use cases that we have seen in the past. Typical customer journey would be: um, I have one platform which helps me to to manage all my invoices, uh, to be transparent on all my invoices, to get reminders when I need to pay. But the actual payment I needed to do in in a separate. Uh, browser, for, for example. And this is, of course, something uh, which is complex, which also makes the, the uh, platform provider um, uh, a bit blind when it comes to has the, has the um, invoice actually been paid, for example. And, and, and these are the, in a B2B sense, the very obvious cases where embedded finance makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the drivers that is actually also fostering this trend towards more and more embedded finance is also, of course, um, the technology development because SaaS companies are uh, very capable of integrating APIs um, and, and uh, players like, like, like Swan, we are offering also APIs to easily consume um, banking services via, via those APIs. So I think the threshold of entering and offering uh, embedded, uh, embedded finance services has come down a lot. And, and therefore, um, we will see more and more adaption through, throughout different different use cases. Yeah. So, so Christian, how was it in your case? Because uh, if David says um, the, the, the threshold is coming down, it becomes easier to integrate these features. Um, and of course, there's a lot of complexity, even in, in like smaller financial products, like even a bank account, because there has to be, you know, it's regulated. Um, there has to be some anti-money laundering uh, in place, uh, customer due diligence, onboarding, um, all these uh, regulatory aspects as well. So um, how, how did you perceive the whole um, integration like in, in your, in your uh, experience um, when you launched these, these new features? Yeah, so in our experience, it was also way easier than expected, right? Because the, um, 
it's so so we have a lot of customer data that that is also one thing so if, if we onboard a customer in our SaaS product we also have a lot of data that we um that we ask the customer for and the main advantage now that we see with our customers um they are they are also getting a great so they are they are used to this great experience that they have with Candice. they what you mentioned they trust us and so on and now we are offering them a great card experience um, that, that means that all KYC, all underwriting that happens online, um, done within a couple of like, hours or, or days, that and that is something new for them, right? You know that most banks are they ask for excessive documentation, paper based, and now customers are able to sign up for a financial service and as easily as setting up a, an email address, and that is something where where yeah we, we see a, a big advantage. Yeah, so so then let's maybe jump right into that topic because um, um, you have, I think, announced on LinkedIn that you will soon launch this corporate card, right? So it's uh, in the end you decided to um, to launch. Is it a, like a real credit card in that sense, or is it a debit card that you load money on? Or if you can, can share that already, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. a credit card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can share that. That is also yeah that that was super important for our customers. So we did a lot of customer research and said, okay, when we come up with a card offering, how should it be designed? And so, so and one of the um, main topics was that we need to use a credit card, but we are also offering a pre-funded card for, for certain customers, right? So it's a, a mix of credit card with flexible credit lines. So it's on a, a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis and monthly basis, plus pre-funded cards for a certain type of customers. Okay. And, and in that case, um, you found a partner that then, um, like what parts actually of the value chain do you then, uh, did you have to design and uh, what could you already use as a ready-made um, service by um, the, your partner in that case? Yeah. So we need, what, what we need to design or what we need to do in our product is the, the, the integration um, into our product because right now we have a, the invoice view and then we also would need to to add all the transaction view. So uh, how many card transactions have been taking place and, and so on. Um, all the KYC underwriting or the regulatory stuff is provided by, by our partner. Um, yeah, I find that very interesting. Um, and do you already have a launch date for this or is this already? Um... Coming live soon. <laughs> so. Okay, <laughs> all right, sounds good. And um, so, Okay, so in Christian's case, it was super kind of easier than expected. Um, and, and David, in, in your case, if you work with um, software service companies, how, how can they imagine like this collaboration to take place? So um, if, if, I, if I have like an accounting tool in that case, um, how long does it take to launch something and how do you go about it? Um, because in my view, um, I've done uh, also some research now in this, uh, in this space and um, it seems like that some platforms are like super ready. They know exactly what kind of features they want to launch and just want to get it done quickly. Um, whereas others still do a lot of, you know, point of proof of concepts and testing and uh, try to find the right product and the right configuration. Plus, um, usually if it's not really prioritized highly on the back backlog, um, you, it's quite actually difficult to to get something like this done uh, in in let's say a short amount of time. So how 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 long does it take like to launch something with Swan and uh, how does such a collaboration take place? Yeah, so the the ambition of our founders was always to make it as easy and as fast as possible to to go live with with Swan. And and when I mean go live is to to open the first account issue issue the first card. Uh, making the first bank transfer. This was always the North Star that our, our product and tech team is, is working towards. And um, today what we what we are seeing is that that our 
partners, our customers are, are ready to, to go live within weeks. And um, we, we have a setup where we take over um, basically everything in, except for the API integration where we support uh, our partners, mainly SaaS companies. But, but we take over, as I said, all the compliance uh, related tasks such as KYC, for example, or the onboarding part and also um, all the banking operations such as transaction monitoring, etc. So in essence, what our partners need is, is two developers to, to integrate with, with Swan and, and then uh, our tech team is, is supporting them on the way. I think what's, uh, what, what's, um, what's very important here is um, this, this ease of use, right? Because um, since we are working towards this goal, we, we really are very critical about every process, uh, how we are structuring it and, and how we are setting it up, because it always needs to be as short as possible. And, and this compliance framework that we were choosing, meaning that we take over everything, this, this, this um, makes the process way, way shorter than in, um, in other cases where um, end customers need to become agents of, of a license and have to become audited themselves, right? So this is what, what we are taking out of the equation. And also it, it goes down to things like issuing cards and sending physical cards <laughs> in all over Europe. We pre-printed 100,000 of cards, right? Where, where our customers can put their logo on and we can ship them within a week. So everything that we're doing always yeah, needs to, to be in line with this ambition. Yeah, yeah, fully understand. And I think you're also um, going after this uh, strategy that you are, yeah, not the middleman, but you have your own uh, electronic money institution license, right? So um, this whole licensing topic is something, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, no, this, this was, this was the starting point also of Swan in the beginning when, when our founders started to, to work on, on Swan. And they, of course, had the, there, there was the, always the initial idea that we need to own both like the, the core banking ourselves, that we build ourselves plus the EMI license that, that we have. Because in the end, this way it makes it, it it's a longer and, and more resourceful uh, way that, that we took. But in the end, um, we were always clear that if we do this, if we own both the tech and, and the license, we are much more flexible when it comes to developing Swan, developing the product. And also it allows us to, um, to be way more flexible when it comes to different use cases, right? And, 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 and to enable also and, and different ways uh, to, to go. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that's clear. And also um, I think what makes you stand out is um, the kind of like bottom-up approach even that you have these like self-service tools where someone can play around with the design, with the configuration. Um, and I also think the way you construct your, com like your commercial deals in that sense um, are friendlier for, let's say, smaller companies, scale-ups um, in that sense to get started with these type of products. Whereas I've seen obviously larger established players um, have quite strict requirements when it comes to a co starting a corporation in the first place. Uh, how would you like describe that approach? Definitely. I mean, again, this is, this is all North Star, be as easy and as fast as possible. And you can clearly see when you are working with Swan that uh, our, our, our founders are all developers, right? So the, what they wanted to build is kind of a SaaS-like experience for a bus, which, which didn't exist before. Therefore, we all also have like every proper SaaS company, we have a sandbox where you can set up your project, where you can play with the API and, and do event simulation so that you really know what you would sign up for before you actually start working commercially with Swan. This, this is what we build and what helps a lot in also making it quite clear before we, we, we start entering a commercial relationship, what it means to, to work with Swan. 
Cool, that's clear. Um, and also, Christian, uh, on on your side, um, if 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 you can share maybe some learnings to other SaaS operators out there, um, you know, what factors helped you to make to make a decision on finding that right partner? Because as I understand, um, um, there are different approaches. Um, the landscape is exploding. Um, you know, there's banking as a service providers um, with different specializations, different licensing models. Other, as David mentioned, others have get, uh, you know, take over some like licensing work themselves by becoming agents, others work with fully licensed providers. Um, how, how did, you know, how did you make that decision in the end? Yeah. So the first thing is, I think you need to be clear of what you need, right? So you should really like put a lot of energy into defining your offering and really finding the right offering for the customer and really have a, a view, a vision on how the offering should look like. And then go into the market, speak with a lot of providers. And we we had several key factors, um, like time to market was important for us as, as a startup or as a tech company in general. You want to move fast. So ideally, you pick a plug and play solution somehow, right? So uh, time to market. The uh, the other one was compliance. So is this a compliance solution? In our specific use case, it was very important that the offering was like made in Germany or made in Germany cards, bank accounts, German IBANs. It was very important for our customer type. Um, then the offering, right? Do they offer, as you mentioned, credit cards or debit cards or both? And for credit cards, what are the, the settlement, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? They offer IBANs, pre-financing of invoice factoring. So really, do you want to go to a dedicated provider versus an all-in-one solution? And I think it, it all depends on the type of business, what you what you choose and what you are, really what your goals are. And um, then also very important revenue opportunities. So interchange share or revenue share, because at the end, we're all here to make business and uh, trustworthiness uh, and funding history, because right now there's a lot of banking as a service or, or, or embedded finance providers. And our question was, okay, will this partner likely exist in the next two to three years? Okay, interesting. Um, and in that sense, also, as you mentioned, like the, the commercial aspect of it, um, I think this has been like one of the key um, drivers of the discussion that SaaS companies, um, which usually already have a good margin, um, can even increase that due to the fact that you get like either interchange fee from, pay, you know, card payments, or you just charge for these additional features, you can directly just, you know, monetize it, um, or you get some sort of revenue share from your partner. Um, what other like is like what other factors do you um you know hope for once you launch your cards um, in terms of additional benefits for your product um what's your like thinking around this so yeah besides the the financial or business aspects it's all like at the end our goal is to make the the experience with financial workflows a great experience so it's all about the customer improving the touch points with financial processes having this this a holistic view for the customer on their on their spend on their financials um smooth experience and i think that is something that that we are all aiming for so re at the end we automate the whole financial workflows um empowering finance people is our mission so we empower finance people and that is what we what we are aiming for and then if there's some basis points left for us as a business, that's nice. Okay, cool. And and also one other uh, follow-up question around this, um, because as you said, you got a ton of customer uh, feedback about this. Um, and I think in Germany, um, compared to other markets like the UK, um, like credit card payments, um, how did you decide to use cards versus like, um, because I can imagine, especially for like large traditional SME type of companies that, you know, based in Germany, um, 
um, usually paid by direct debit, you know, like Lastschrift or by just, you know, pay by invoice and then you just make the bank transaction. Um, was this something you considered as well or how, do you see your product even evolving into further payment types or? The cards is the, the best initial feature to launch because that is something that is um, where customers really get a better insights and overview of their spend because right now they don't have that in Candice because they it's, it's not in, in real time. They see their credit card transactions like a month later when the bank sends the settlement statement or the credit card statement. So this is something where we said, okay, we can improve the product experience immediately, but there's other payment features on our roadmap that will follow. Cool. And and for David, um, what do you see like evolving in, in, in the future, like especially on what your company is offering right now? And as you mentioned, you have around like 50 partners already. Um, what, what's your opinion on how this will evolve? Like what other segments do you see coming up? Um, Will every SaaS company now like become this sort of fintech company and by integrating these features? Um, what's kind of like the end game there? What, what, how do you see this whole evolving? Um, so definitely, we, we, we see more and more traction and uh, all, all over Europe when, when it comes to, to embedded finance and especially in the non-traditional fintech space. And therefore, it is, it is so, such an amazing market because it's, it's very, very broad. And, and some of the use cases I mentioned, like, like the pet insurance, but also logistics, uh, this, these are use cases that um, one, one would not have thought about maybe maybe a couple of years back that, that they would be even ripe for, for embedded finance. Um, so, so what we, we see for Swan definitely is we will further invest in, into product. This is, this is on top of our mind. We are a product-driven company and uh, we want to be the obvious and default choice for, for banking as a service um, in, in, the, in the upcoming years. This, this is definitely our, our ambition and What's needed for that is um, also that we partly localize, right? So we're currently in the process of, of receiving our own German IBANs, which is a major milestone for us uh, towards the end of the year. And this is how we also expand the, 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 the product and, and why I think it makes so much sense also to focus our efforts on, on Europe so much. Right, because it's it's very specific. Each country, when it comes to legislation, thanks to the EMI license, we are able to offer the services everywhere. But partly, it needs to be localized to even um, be be better in in terms of um, how we match the, the the customer expectations. And um, what what will stay our our mission and vision is that we want to make it as easy as possible without uh, any kind of a barrier such as huge setup costs. We want to make it as easy as possible to integrate with our API and take over all of the functions that um, a non-fintech customer doesn't need to know about, right? They, they, they don't want to build their own compliance teams or, or set up AML processes themselves. This is what we take over in order to yeah, make, make it easy for, with us to work. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Um, so my last question also to, to Christian then, um, because uh, obviously you you know kind of what's going on in the like SaaS, uh, B2B SaaS world also in Germany. So I would be curious to hear from your side, um, what how do you perceive now this whole embedded banking trend um, since you are now launching your first uh, deeply integrated financial features um, based on what you're hearing also from like colleagues and peers operating like in, in SaaS? Um, or like B2B software in general. Um, do you think this is something to stay that more and more companies will pick this up? Um, where do you see this whole market going in the next like five to 10 years? Yeah, totally. I don't uh, just consider it as a trend that will stop like, yeah. a, like a 
fire, but it's really, it's really, I think yeah. Europe is still lagging a little bit behind um, US, but it's getting more and more. And I think this, this is unstoppable. And I think that a lot of, well, there yeah. will be, um, it, it's a huge market, right? And I don't think that that's just one provider that might win this market. It's a, it's a, it's a there's enough space for two or three providers. But I think that it's it's a, a trend that will continue. Cool. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> It'll be exciting. But um, thanks a lot for for your input and insights. Um, then, yeah, thanks a lot for joining, David and uh, and Christian. And uh, I wish you a nice day. You too. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Adrian.